I watch too many movies. I watch too much TV. Anything else to add? I'm head of HR. The world needs more robots. I still have a page of notes. I wasn't paying attention. Our lightning rail. Oh, I'm not ready. I'll just wing it. I'm in the zone. Roll for initiative. May the force be with you. Always. Classic. Whatever makes you a discerning. The Discerning Geeks Portal. Welcome back, Discerning listeners, to the Discerning Geeks Portal, where each week we take a discerning look into all things geek. And this evening, we have a special news flash. Todd, what's the news on the street? Big news, and I'm just going to cut to the chase. Babylon 5, the best TV show ever, has a reboot in the works by original creator J. Michael Straczynski. Uh, this is uh, valid information. It's been verified. He is writing at least the pilot episode and he is executive producing. So J. Michael Straczynski, the creator of the original Babylon 5, is planning a reboot from the very beginning and he will be in charge of it. Uh, it is set to be on the CW network. Uh, we don't know when. Uh, it's in development, so there's technically no guarantee that it will actually come to light. But just the fact that uh, Warner Brothers is still interested in the property is very reassuring. So, yes, big news. Babylon 5 is hopefully getting a reboot. Todd and myself are looking at doing a Babylon 5 podcast that will be spinning off of this Discerning Geeks portal. Um, we'll still be here each week on the Discerning Geeks with all of our friends and talking about the zaniness that we do, but we're going to branch out and have a secondary podcast uh, about Babylon five. So this is big news for us. We're going to be going through the, the original series, but uh, this could mean some, some new material for us in the future. Um, so we're definitely looking forward to this. And um, so, you know, Hey, it's the internet, right? So how can our listeners be sure that this is, you know, kind of something that, that they can trust? I mean, besides that we're telling them. Uh, well, there were already some early signs that something was up, not necessarily this specifically. Sometime within the last year, J. Michael Straczynski uh, sent out a public tweet asking for anybody who was originally associated with the uh, original Babylon 5, with the visual effects of, of that show, he was asking if anybody had any of the original graphics files on their computer. I don't know how they would be allowed to have it on their own computer, but I guess maybe that happens in special effects. Uh, and he was, he said he would appreciate it if they would get in contact with him. So I guess he was trying to track down some of the original graphics and some people speculated that maybe a remastering of Babylon five was finally in the works. It's something that people have been wanting for a long time and it didn't sound like it'd be likely. So somebody thought, Hey, maybe it's finally happening. Also, one time recently, uh, five surviving cast members of the show, because sadly, way too many people involved in Babylon 5 have passed away already. But five of the surviving cast members uh, met recently, and they posted some of their photos of their, of their meeting on social media. Now, I think they're all friends, so the ones that are based in L.A., they already get together every once in a while. But one of the people that was there was Peter Jurisic, who played Londo Malari on the show. And he actually lives here in North Carolina, uh, or at least he, he did the last time I checked. I know at one time he was a professor of acting at uh, UNC Wilmington in Wilmington, North Carolina. So I don't think that's changed. I think he's still there. So he probably doesn't make it out to LA as often, but he was in those photos. So some people thought maybe there is an animated Babylon 5 show and maybe everybody's getting together because maybe they were going to voice their original characters. But then, of course, we get the news yesterday that there is a reboot. And as you were saying, how can we trust this? Uh, well, I I actually had the day off yesterday. It was a it was a comp day. And uh, for some reason, I was not on social media that much. When I was, it wasn't Facebook and Twitter, which is where I usually get my alerts. So um, I had YouTube on and I sometimes check out uh, the John Campia show. He's uh, a YouTuber has been around forever and he's got his own show and he had already recorded his show for today. And um, it's usually about an hour, hour and a half long. And he breaks his show up into segments and then gives each segment a title. And one of those titles was Babylon five reboot. And I thought, 
surely not. Uh, <laughs> and I thought it's probably some news out there and he is trying to debunk it. So I actually started watching that video and he said, but there's news today that there is a Babylon 5 reboot. And I thought, come on, surely not. And I thought, okay, I'm not going to believe this news, even if it comes from John Campia, until I see it come from Hollywood Reporter, Variety, or Deadline. Because supposedly those are the three main sources that I know of that are typically very reliable sources. So I looked up all three and all three had the story. I don't know who got it first, but all three had the story. I was like, holy crap, there's something to this. So then I did get on Facebook and Facebook was blowing up. Everybody was talking about it. Uh, uh, Somebody that I know from Dragon Con, Van Allen Plexico, and he also has his own uh, Babylon 5 podcast right now. He was already posting about it. He was saying he was trying to get his uh, co-host of his podcast online because they were going to do an emergency podcast for it, just like we're doing. They already did theirs last night. I've already listened to it. Uh, and then Jan Schroeder, uh, who is one of the biggest Babylon 5 fans and, and one of the biggest fans of J. Michael Straczynski in general, she was already posting about it. She, I think she had posted a poll up on, uh, on Facebook about it. So I was like, holy crap. There is actually something to all this. Uh, and then we and, got it from the horse's mouth, right? J- yeah. JMS yeah. himself on Twitter, right? Yes. He had this long tweet that was confirming all of it. Uh, if you want me to, I can read the whole tweet in just a minute. But yes, he himself admitted that, yes, it is, it's a real thing. It's in the works. Uh, also, as a follow-up, somebody had asked him, about something that he had mentioned before on Twitter a few years ago. I saw him or heard him say this in person. Uh, I and, uh, and somebody else that we know from high school went to, I think it was Galaxy Con, or it was one of the other small cons that came to Raleigh in 2019. Uh, she and I went there and I attended one of his panels because he had just come out with his autobiography and I was wanting signature and everything. So uh, I went to his panel and somebody asked him, what is the holdup on getting something done for Babylon 5, whether it's a remastering or something new? And he kind of implied that one or two people somewhere in Warner Brothers at some kind of executive level either had a grudge against him or were still bitter about the days that the PTEN network uh, fell through and that something didn't go right with it. He just implied that there was somebody at Warner Brothers who was standing in the way and it was just a matter of waiting for that person or persons to die. <laughs> either either die or retire or quit or give up or something. So somebody in the past day or two has gone on Twitter. They remembered this comment. They asked JMS about it and they said, has that situation resolved itself? And JMS simply replied, yes. So whatever nice. <laughs> the roadblock was that was in the way, it's gone now. That issue has been resolved. And if it did involve someone passing away, I, I don't wish any harm or especially death on anybody. So I, I'm, I'm truly sorry if, if that was the case. Um, but if for whatever reason somebody is out of the way, hopefully they just retired or they got tired of being angry or something like that. Uh, but for whatever reason, somebody is not a roadblock anymore and we're getting new Babylon 5 and that in itself is a good thing. That's awesome. And I think you mentioned earlier that you, do you have access to the tweet that um, J. Michael Straczynski? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, It's getting late, but that's okay. I'll I'll muddle through. Uh, Do you have his tweet where he announced it for sure? Uh, Yes. Um, And it's a little long, so I'll go through it. And if you want to, we can go back and kind of analyze it bit by bit or, or do other things. Uh, I don't know where you want to go with this, but um, yeah. So yeah, I'll try to read as quickly as possible. To answer all your questions, yes, it's true. Babylon 5 is in active development as a series for the CW. We have some serious fans over at the network and they're eager to see this show happen. I'm hip deep into writing the pilot now and will be running the series upon pickup. The network understands the uniqueness of Babylon 5 and is giving me a great deal of latitude with the storytelling. As noted in the announcement, this is a reboot from the ground up rather than a continuation for several reasons. And then he lists those reasons. Nice. Uh, Heraclitus wrote, you cannot step in the same river twice for the river has changed and you have, and you have changed. 
In the years since Babylon 5, I've done a lot of other TV shows and movies, adding an equal number of tools to my toolbox, all of which I can bring to bear on one singular question. If I were creating Babylon 5 today for the first time, knowing what I know now as a writer, what would it look like? How would it use all the storytelling tools and technological resources available in 2021 that were not on hand at the time? How can it be used to reflect the world in which we live and the questions we are asking and confronting every day? Fans regularly point out how prescient the show was and is of our current world. It would be fun to take a shot at looking further down the road. So we will not be retelling the same story in the same way because of what Heraclitus said about the river. There would be no fun and no surprises. Better to go the way of Westworld or Battlestar Galactica, where you take the original elements that are evergreens and put them in a blender with a ton of new, challenging ideas to create something fresh yet familiar. To those asking, why not just do a continuation? For a network series like this, it can't be done because over half of our cast are still stubbornly on the other side of the ramp. And of course, that's his way of referring to, sadly, so many cast members that have passed away. How do you, uh, how do you, uh, how do you tell continuing story of our original Londo without the original Veer or Jakar? How do you tell Sheridan's story without Delenn or the story of Babylon Five without Franklin, Garibaldi, or Zach? And he continues, the original Babylon 5 was ridiculously innovative, the first to use CGI to create ships and characters, and among the very first to shoot widescreen with a vigorous 5.1 audio mix. Most of all, for the first time, Babylon 5 introduced viewers accustomed to episodic television to the concept of a five-year arc with a pre-planned beginning, middle, and end, creating a brand new paradigm for television storytelling that has subsequently been the norm. That tradition for innovation will continue in this new iteration, and I hope to create additional new forms of storytelling that will further push the television medium to the edge of what's possible. Let me conclude by just saying how supportive and enthusiastic everyone at the CW has been and is being with this project. They understand the unique position Babylon 5 occupies both in television and with its legion of fans and are doing everything they can to ensure the maximum and creative freedom, a new story that will bring in new viewers while honoring all that has come before. And then his last word is onward. Nice. So yeah, let's delve into this. There's some concepts here, some things that he said that uh, I think bear us kind of picking into and, and digging a little deeper. Um, so, he pretty much says he's going to be running the series, right? So he's going to be the showrunner and obviously is writing the pilot and doing some writing for this show. Yes. Somewhere along the way, I noticed that one of the articles worded as he was writing the script for the pilot and he would be executive producer, but executive producer doesn't automatically mean showrunner. So it is reassuring here that he comes around and says, yes, I will be running the show. And he also makes several references to a lot of creative freedom and the CW pretty much giving him a lot of latitude and letting him do whatever he wants to do. And there are some fans out there, and this debate has been going on forever. Some fans out there just feel like it's lightning in a bottle. You can't redo it. You shouldn't try to redo it. And there shouldn't be a reboot no matter what. And then there are a lot of people that feel like, okay, yes, I'm cautiously optimistic, but as long as JMS is in charge, then there's potential. And I'm one of those people. I've always been one of those people. So yeah, I feel good about this. And I know you've, you know, obviously been a fan for many years. You've, you've done some cons where you've gotten to um, hear some of the cast members talk. I think you hear JMS himself. Um, And I know you've even, got some books and things like that on Babylon five. Um, my understanding is he kind of still has a, um, treasure trove of kind of unused material that he's already kind of written. Is, is that a fair understanding? Um, I'm not totally sure this is what you're talking about, but in developing Babylon five, he has talked about how he has worked out, 
the prehistory and post-history of Babylon 5, I think he said at least a thousand years in each direction, if not a million years in each direction. Uh, because one of the elements of Babylon 5, I won't go into spoilery details, but one of the elements is that there are older races out there. And some of those races are millions, if not billions of years old. Uh, so he knows in his head what those races are like. And he also knows some of the stuff that's in the future. Uh, I think in one of our episodes, I it was able to explain a little bit that went on with TNT picking up the, the season five and they didn't think they were getting a season five. So the series finale was filmed as the last episode of season four. It got saved until season five. And what they did, uh, what he did was he replaced the, the season finale of season four with an episode that actually looked forward. I think a hundred years in the future, a thousand years in the future, I think maybe even 5,000 years in the future after Babylon five to see what effect Babylon five and its crew had on people and society and the galaxy in general centuries, if not millennia down the road. Uh, so he knows some of that future history too. Uh, there have also been books. There, uh, there's also one thing that has been covered a little bit in a book trilogy, which is the telepath war, but maybe still not extensively. Uh, it could be that some of that stuff is, is, is not even in those books. And so maybe it could make it to screen someday. Then of course there was the crusade spinoff that didn't last very long and, and a few other elements. So I'm not sure if that's what you're talking about, but he does have, extremely good knowledge of his entire universe. Uh, so he does have a lot of stuff to, to pull from, if that's what you're talking about. Yeah, that, that's what I was alluding to. I'd, I remembered seeing somewhere, or you saying somewhere, how much he had developed kind of the story around just what we got to see in the, in the show, um, mm-hmm. which gives him, you know, a lot to pull from. Uh, yeah. You know, it's refreshing. Uh, I compare it to to Tolkien. You know, there's the element of writing a story. Then there's world building. And, and what we get, and one of the things that's so nice about kind of, like I said, Tolkien, you know, Lord of the Rings, uh, you get this world building. What JMS has done is he's done this world building. And by world building, it's actually multiple worlds. It's it's a whole galaxy of interacting worlds, um, which is even more difficult in ways. Um, but he has this story already kind of developed, and, and I'm sure it will develop more, and, and we'll get to see more as this show comes to light. Uh, you talking about world building reminds me of something that I think I've read in one of his script books or interviews or something like that where he was talking about the development of Babylon five at the time he had two story ideas for science fiction. One was going to be uh, a huge epic scale type story that was going to be about empires rising and falling. And then he had this other story about uh, people that would be on a space station and it would be a, a more character based and it would be about uh well, just that character-based people on, on an individual location. And then one day he was in the shower and he had a Eureka moment and he realized, holy crap, they're the same story. <laughs> and he rushed out of the shower and he started taking notes. And I think he's still dripping wet and he got his notes wet. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting some of those details wrong, but that's the way I remember it uh, from, from his description. But yeah, it, it came to him that you can't do a story about these epic empires and stuff like that uh, rising and falling without talking about the characters every story still has to be character based so he found a way of of having the epic scale but also having these grand events being represented and sometimes initiated through these characters and that's sometimes why uh some of the characters on babylon 5 are kind of mythical in scale almost with, with the, the heroism that they're able to, uh, to accomplish and the way that they're able to affect the galaxy as a whole. Right. I like, and he says it multiple times. I'm glad you pointed that out. You know, he kind of talks about kind of his freedom and developing and, and latitude, I think, you know, is one of the words that he uses at one point. And so I think that's 
good because that's what we want from a show like that. Um, we've seen too many shows get ruined the other way where they don't get the control that they need and they're forced into little boxes and it just crushes them. Um, so hopefully that'll be something that we can look forward to. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a reboot. So there's always yeah. some concerns about reboots. People talking about how kind of the original was that lightning in a bottle. You know, and you just can't replicate it. It was the, the the pieces aligned all together. They had the right cast. They had the right special effects. They had the right story. They had the right premise. And, and therefore, all the pieces lined up. And it was wonderful. The challenge is, I guess, doing it again. And all it takes is, like, missing one of those elements and it could fall apart and fall short. Yeah, your, your cast isn't as good. Maybe your effects, you're too focused on those and the story falls. Yeah, there's, there's maybe it becomes, because you're fitting that format for a certain network, you lose what you set out to do in the, the long range storytelling. Um, but what are, what are the concerns that you have uh, or that you uh, that you've already heard um, about kind of doing a reboot? Well, one that you mentioned is the cast. And yes, I know that that's a concern because everybody always acts like, oh, because the the performances were so well, there's those are absolutely the only people that can play those roles. And I can't imagine anybody else playing them. I kind of get that to a certain extent. Um, but there are other excellent actors out there and yes, they might be different. And so let's say Jakar, you know, at at one time, I think J. Michael Straczynski himself said, nobody could ever play Jakar except Andreas Katsoulis. And of course he passed away. I think he was the second major cast member to pass away. Um, but Yes, it, and Jakar is my favorite character of all time. I mentioned that in our uh, favorite TV characters episode. So yes, it will be weird seeing somebody else play Jakar and hearing somebody else's voice, but it doesn't mean that it can't be a great performance. And who knows, maybe it will be an equally great performance. Who knows, maybe somebody will even do better than Andreas Katsoulos. That might be blasphemy, but uh, who knows? We might get excellent performances and yes, they'll be different, but different isn't necessarily automatically worse. They could be just just as good, if not better. So I, I think that's something we just have to get used to. Also, I can't help but wonder, will he actually shuffle around the characters? Maybe we won't get a Jakar. Maybe there will be a different ambassador for the Nar. I, I, I don't know. But um, well, one I of the... Con- I wonder, Sorry, yeah, because I kind of want to point out and we've had our episode, I would encourage our listeners to go back and listen to our favorite sci-fi characters episode. In your list especially, there were multiple Babylon yeah. 5 characters. I had to intentionally take some out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so it's safe to say that, I mean, you know, you get into these six, seven major characters, you know, and, and these are fan favorites across the board. Malari, Jakar, Delenn, Sheridan. They're all, in some ways, it feels irreplaceable. Now, I will say that I kind of feel like there may be a hint in his tweet um, where he does say that this is going to be a reboot from the ground up. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a safe way to go. It's not a Jakar character. It's a different character with different motivations. And I could see a new character or new actor taking on that role and being successful with it. And hopefully taking it to a level where they make that list of some of our favorite characters as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's our, I guess our hope and dream. Right. Um, but I didn't, yeah. I feel like I interrupted you cause you had some other concerns. So, well, all right. First, the, the main concern from the very beginning is this is only in development. 
So at the moment, there's no guarantee it's going to get picked up. Oh, it might falter the same way Crusade, Memory of Shadows, Legend of the Rangers, and Lost Tales did. And if you want me to detail uh, what happened with those, I can. Uh, did Crusade another, even get a whole season? Uh, sort of. It got enough episodes to count as a season. I think it got 14, I yeah. think, which which is kind of enough. But it, it was supposed to get more. I think it was supposed to get around 22, just yeah. like Babylon 5 did. But yeah, there were all kinds of issues there. And to this day, some of the stuff that went on with that didn't totally make sense. Um, but uh, but yeah, there were other attempts to try to get something Babylon 5 going and they kind of fell through. But uh, this one might have the most promise because it does have network backing from the CW. But I've also seen some people have concerns about the CW because the CW tends to uh, skew younger and be a little bit on the soap opera side. So some people are worried that it might have to include teens or 20 somethings and, and have some soap opera storylines. And if he's really giving, been given full latitude, full f- creative freedom, then he may not be expected to insert those things. But even if somebody, some, somebody in the network is saying, we do skew younger, it would be nice if you were to put some younger people in there. We're not going to require it. But if you could, it would be great. Who knows? He he might be able to work it in, and I have faith in JMS to do it the right way. It's not like we're going to get a Wesley Crusher. You know, no offense to Wesley Crusher fans out there, uh, but uh, I, I think he'll find a way of of doing that doing it right if if that's part of it. And then the one concern that I have, and it's not a huge concern um, because I think he'll still be able to pull it off, is because CW is a broadcast network show it'll follow the standard five or six act structure, which means he's going to have to write for commercial breaks. And I was always hoping that if we got a reboot, that it might go to some kind of streaming service where it would be more cinematic, kind of like a game of Thrones or foundation, which uh, started recently, but no, we're going to have to get that thing where there's going to be a, a cliffhanger about every seven or eight minutes. Um, but that's okay because that's what he's used to. And that's even what we're used to seeing from Babylon five. So, um, so uh, those are uh, some slight concerns, but then um, something else you were talking about kind of emphasizing that this is a reboot. Uh, I mentioned that I saw this news originally from the John Campy show on YouTube and one of the things that John Campius sometimes talks about is that he does not mind reboots because it doesn't mean that the original goes away. He's a huge Star Wars fan. He said, even if they want to reboot Star Wars, fine. I still have the original trilogy on my shelf or or in digital media. And he said he can watch this, the original Star Wars. When I listened to that podcast episode last night from Van Allen Plexico and, and his co-host, that's the very first thing that Van said. He said, Hey, if this reboot doesn't go well, that's fine. The original still exists and it'll still be my favorite show. So I'm not worried about the the reboot taking away anything from Babylon 5. In fact, that's part of the reason that I like it better that it is a reboot. Because I've mentioned on this podcast a few times that I'm not thrilled with the current direction of the Star Trek shows. And I don't like that they're adding to the canon. And if they were in a separate universe, it would make me feel a little bit better. But supposedly they're not like the stuff that happens in Star Trek Picard is supposedly a continuation of what happens in Star Trek The Next Generation. That's what drives me bananas. Uh, So I'm kind of glad that this is a reboot because if it sucks, it does not hurt the original. But I don't think it'll suck. Yeah, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. The CW has shown promise in a lot of shows. If anything... I feel like sometimes they they have shows that they run too long and just lose steam and and they they don't know when to to kill them. Um, and we've talked about those, I think, in some of our podcasts. Yeah, especially with the DC shows. But I think that is at least partially because the showrunners might run out of ideas after oh, a yeah. while. I don't think. Straczynski is going to run out of ideas because for one thing, he's already got the original blueprint. So it's really just a matter of saying, okay, I've already got the, I, the overall idea for Babylon five. It's just a matter of how do I make it different, different without being so different that it's unrecognizable. Um, also uh, another thing that really reassures me is he's always talking about 
tools in his toolbox. And he even mentioned it in this quote. And I had, just in case it came up and I'm not going to list it all, it would take too long, but I've got a list of all the things that he's worked on. Actually, not all the things, but most of the things that he's worked on since Babylon five, he's done a, a variety of things before Babylon five. He has a lot of tools in his toolbox. Um, also, he's actually started a Patreon page, and one of the things he does on this Patreon page is he does commentary of certain key episodes, and he's done about three or four of those so far, and I am not a Patreon member there yet. I'm, I'm, I might join eventually, but after those uh, commentaries for those episodes have been up long enough, he eventually puts them on YouTube for just anybody to watch. And so I've been able to watch him watching his own show. And the whole time he's like, oh, I would change that. I would change that. Oh, this makes me cringe. Oh, I wish that table were bigger. I mean, he just nitpicks over everything in his <laughs> own show. And so I know that even though he has moved on in a lot of ways and done a lot of work since Babylon 5, I also know he's probably been thinking about Babylon 5 this whole time. And he is almost certainly going into this with a plan on how to do it somewhat the same, but also somewhat differently. Uh, also, he is he has mentioned before that there were several times during the writing of the original Babylon 5 that he knew his characters so well that he would hear their voices in his head. There was even one very pivotal thing. I won't be spoiling and say what it was, but there was one thing that happened in early season four that one character was supposed to do. But while he was writing that episode, another character in his head spoke to him and said, no, I have to be the one to do this because I will be the one that will be emotionally affected by this. If the other character does it, it'll just be another day. But if I do it, you'll be able to milk it for a bunch of story. And he, he he said that since then, he has actually had his, his characters speak to him in his head that way. He even posted on, on Twitter one day uh, within the last year or two, yeah, Jakar and Londo had a conversation in my head and he even said what they, what they said and everything. So I know he's still been thinking about these characters. So I don't think he's going to run out of steam the way uh, some of those other CW shows might because he's... He's got the knowledge on the show. Like I said, he, he's got the history a thousand or a million years in each direction. He's, he, he knows his show. He, he'll know how to present it. I think my hope would be that he would kind of like with the original kind of start with a five or six year story and just kind of stick with it. You know, I think I would feel really comfortable with that. We'll see. Maybe that's the plan. Maybe it's not. Well, now, that is actually another concern because with Babylon 5, he did have a five-year plan. Now, that five-year plan had to change quite a bit because of actors coming and going. Uh, so in one of his scripts book, yeah, excuse me, script books, he did eventually uh, publish what the original five-year arc was like, and it was very different from the five-year arc we got. But you could still tell that he had an idea in mind the, the whole time. He probably has a five-year arc in mind this time, but it does kind of worry me. What if the show gets canceled and he won't be able to complete the five-year arc? Or what if the show is going so well that CW says, oh, great, let's do a season six and season seven. Right. And what if they've given him creative freedom the whole time, but then when it comes to the end of season five, they're like, no, we want a season six and you're going to have to give it to us one way or, uh, or another. Uh, so that's a little bit of a worry in the back of my head. And he hasn't come right and said... I have a five-year arc again, and they'll let me cut it off in five years. He hasn't said that, so I'm a little bit worried that that might be an issue later. But first, got to get season one out there, so I'm not going to worry about it too much. Yeah, let's get the pilot cut. Yeah. <laughs> let's get to see it. Hope that there's some really good stuff there. And, and yeah, let's get a season one under our belt, and then we can worry about kind of seasons you know, two through five. Alrighty, Todd. I again just kind of want to mention to our audience: um, you and I are going to be um, spinning off a Babylon Five podcast um, here pretty soon. It's in the works. We're going to start recording some episodes and start getting those out, and we'll let you know on the Discerning Geeks kind of where you can find us and what that'll look like. But uh, this is going to be almost like a an intro 
but it's also something that we just wanted to do with the Discerning Geeks as well, because this is big news in our Discerning Geeks world, and uh, wanted to let you guys know. Do you have any other final comments or anything that you want to say about this big breaking news before we wrap this up? Well, just to give people a, a peek behind the curtain, I sent you uh, about what? Three pages of notes, I think, beforehand. So it's yeah, like I've four or five. Of, yeah, it's actually yeah. four pages. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I've got a, a lot more I could talk about, but yeah, I could be here all day. And if you can tell in, in my voice, I'm actually, the more I think about this, the more I talk about it, the more excited I get. And I don't usually get that excited about things, but this is, this is in that same category as Dragon Con. This is like one of those things that's way up there for me. Uh, so yes, I could go on forever, but since I've been going on forever, I am kind of curious about your point of view. Like, um, what was your reaction when you heard this news and how glad are you that this is coming and that it's a reboot or do you wish it was a continuation or do you realize like some other people do that a continuation as nice as it would be is not realistic. Like where, where is your headspace? Where's my headspace? Cautiously optimistic. Mm -hmm. I am one of those that, especially like the classics and the, the ones that I love whenever I hear reboot, I cringe a little. And, and it's just because there's so many examples of them being done bad. Just a couple of years ago, they re-released Annie. Just not even on the same level as the original Annie. You know, they, they tried to redo, uh, oh, The Sound of Music. Just not even enjoyable to watch, you know? <laughs> so, and, 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 and so, now there are some good examples, right? We've talked a little bit about... Um, Oh shoot, the the Zylons. Um uh, Battlestar, Battlestar Galactic. Galactic. There was a reboot. Great reboot. It did it, it sounds like similar to what he's talking about. Um, you know, they didn't just say, okay, we're gonna retell the old stories and this, that, and the other. You know, we're putting some twists on it. We're doing a new story. We've got the some of the basic elements and things like that, but it, it was definitely different. Um, and able to to get its own following and own you know, thing. Um, in many ways, I look at the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe as kind of a reboot. In many ways, they're not telling new stories. They're telling stories that were are already out there in comic books and have been for 30 years. They're doing it in a new way, in a new medium, you know, with new effects they show that when you put that quality into it, you can get quality shows. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of like you. I lean a little bit more towards the streaming, even TV shows now, mm. just because I love the freedom that those writers have of, yeah, this episode's 42 minutes. This other episode, 68 minutes. Yeah. This is the amount of story that we needed to tell in this episode for this day. And I love that freedom. And and I, I cringe a little bit with the the formulaic. Been on the air for seven minutes. We gotta have a break. We gotta have a cliffhanger. Gotta, you know. Um, now, like you said, the original Babylon 5, that was the format. So mm -hmm. it's not like it's a new thing for, for, you know, JMS. He's, he's ready for that. Um, and I'm hoping that it won't be a, a burden to him. Um, but yeah, it, would... it probably, it, it probably won't. And I think the CW in a way makes a lot of sense as the, the place for it to land because, I do too. because among those show notes, you know, I listed for you, uh, the CW is kind of specializing right now in reboots because they, some of their TV shows they have on the air right now. I, I didn't even list things that have that have come and gone. Right now they've got Riverdale and Nancy Drew, which are not reboots, but they are kind of TV spinoffs of things from books and comics. Then they've got Dynasty, Charmed, Roswell, New Mexico, which is a reboot of Roswell, Walker, which is a reboot of Walker, Texas Ranger, uh, Kung Fu, which is a 
reboot of Kung Fu, the legend continues, which should have been a sign because in the, in the original days of Babylon five, it was on the PTEN network, primetime entertainment network. And it was this very loose conglomeration of, of local affiliates that were showing basically just four or five shows. Like I, I could have sworn it was half a dozen, but according to Wikipedia, there were only four shows. Babylon five was one of them and Kung Fu the legend continues was one of them. And it was kind of the precursor for the WB and, and UPN, but uh, the CW re- uh, rebooted Kung Fu. And I didn't even think about that, about the fact that it was one of those PTN shows. And I was like, well, if they could do it for Kung Fu, maybe they could do yeah. it for Babylon 5. And of course they are. I should have seen that as a sign, but they also picked up Whose Line Is It Anyway, which was pre- previously on Comedy Central, ABC and ABC Family. And also I've seen advertisements for 4400, which is a reboot of the 4400, which was previously on the USA Network. And that was a good show. So I'm hoping the reboot of it will be uh, really good as well. So the CW is kind of specializing right now in taking older TV shows and redoing them. And I think it's a good thing because there's been kind of this big revolution in TV recently in just the past few years where we've gotten high definition for one thing. So we're, we're actually watching TV on different TVs than we used to be. They're not boxes anymore. They're not three by four. They're 16 by nine. We're getting totally different dimensions, totally different quality uh, visually. And uh, because so much good stuff has been going to TV, we're getting better quality out of uh, acting, overall production quality, more money going to uh, the budget for TV shows. Uh, Big name actors who were only doing movies before, they're doing TV now. So casting is better. TV has kind of come through this renaissance recently, and I think it makes sense to say, okay, there might be some old shows that people might have loved, but they might be a little bit hesitant to watch them if they've got to worry about the the black bars on each side because it's four by three when they're watching on a 16 by nine screen, or you can tell that it's fuzzy because it's not high definition, or... Uh, you can tell it's TV actors doing TV acting instead of movie actors doing cinematic acting, cinematic acting on TV. And now we're getting this other thing. It's almost like, let's take some of the ideas that people already love and redo them for a new visual format and a new way of of presenting it to them. And I'm okay with Babylon five being on the list. Yeah, I am too. I, I look forward to, because even as groundbreaking as Babylon 5 was initially in its like CGI and some of that, you could go back and, and, and watch and see that it's aged a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so it'll be nice to get the fresh technology attached to it. You know, the, the, the modern, the, the, all the new bells and whistles, um, CGI and, and fancy graphics and things like that. I think there's a lot that can be improved on. And, um, you know, I think my other little concern is always with any big budget sci-fi show, sometimes the that ends up being the death nail. You know what I mean? In order to do this right, I feel like there needs to be considerable input of money too often you know whether it be the cw or any network they're willing to try that for a year or two and then they start is there a cheaper show that i could get just as many people to watch (laughs) if you know what i mean yeah that's that's always a concern with any sci-fi tv show ever well yes but there are some good things there for one thing a lot of the shows that are on the cw right now are superhero shows so they show a willingness to invest in some shows that require special effects uh when babylon 5 was on the air it was pulling stuff off for a shoestring budget and yes you could kind of tell sometimes but i think uh straczynski always came in either at or under budget uh, very, very rarely, if ever, did it go over budget, if I understand correctly. Uh, he was also able to somehow schedule uh, shooting days to where actors were actually able to get have a life. Like uh, supposedly in TV, there's something like crazy 15, 16, 18 hour days. And he was able to get the, the days down to 12 hours. So people were actually able to go home at night and, and see their families. So even in the 90s, he had experience uh, 
running a show in addition to writing a show. And like I said, he's added to that toolbox over the years. He could be even better now. And that might be another reason why the CW was so willing to, to give this to him. And you were talking about the graphics. Uh, one of those innovations that he did at the time was he kind of predicted the, uh, the advent of high definition television and the fact that the ratio would go to 16 by nine. So they shot in 16 by nine. Now they didn't have high definition cameras at the time. So it was still standard definition, but just a different ratio. Unfortunately, I don't know. I, I can't remember the details on how and why this happened, but for some reason, the graphics for the station, the ships were still done four by three. So they had to be zoomed. So if you did have like the DVDs that were presented 16 by nine, because the, the actors and and stages and stuff like that, that were 16 by nine, they had to zoom in on the graphics, if I understand correctly, which means yes, they look dated because they're a little bit grainy and not as sharp as, as graphics that we get nowadays, but it's made even worse by the, by the fact they had to be zoomed in to get the, the, the four by three image on a 16 by nine, which means it was also cropped, which means we lost some visual uh, image. And I think it's been explained before that the computer graphics, even in the nineties actually looked better than what we got because of that. And that's one reason why people over the years have always wanted a remastering of the show, but they would have to go back and match the aspect ratios and it would just be a nightmare. And so it would also be expensive too, because remastering the uh, Star Trek Blu-rays for Star Trek, the original series and Star Trek, the next generation, that was also a nightmare is also pretty expensive. Uh, That's part of the reason they didn't uh, do DS9 and Voyager. So uh, it's almost like if they were to redo it, it would almost be easier to say, Hey, if we got to redo the graphics, then screw it. Let's build some sets. Let's hire some actors and let's redo the act, the live action too. And let's just make a whole new TV show. And maybe that was part of the argument for, for doing this as well. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, so I guess to answer your question, I am excited. I, I think um, I, I look forward to, to this and it, there's a caution level to it, but I would also say I'm one that I'm, I'm willing to give it a shot. Right. Oh yeah, I'm definitely willing to to give it a you know full for, for first season you know to see how it goes. Now, sadly, at the end of that you know first season, if I'm feeling like I'm stuck with a a Picard versus a Deep Space Nine, <laughs> we're gonna have some words. Yeah. <laughs> and I would encourage anybody you know you got to give it more than just a pilot. I think way too often you know something like this comes out and it's like the pilot comes out. And it's not everything that everybody hoped for. And, and they're like, you know, burn him at stake. Um, I think you have to go beyond that because there's only so much you can do in one little episode to set a stage. Um, and so, you know, give it a full season and hopefully we'll get, you know, much, much more than that. But uh, definitely we'll, we'll be giving it a full season, a full go. You and I will hopefully be well into our our Babylon Five podcast by the time that comes, and and we'll probably add in some some special episodes where we'll talk about those new episodes as they come out. So, yeah, yeah and you and you talk and you talk about it being accessible and, and people giving it a try, even though there might be some disadvantage to to it being on the CW instead of something like HBO Max one of the advantages to that is it's not behind a paywall Yeah, because you talk about the Star Trek franchise going back to it as an example. I don't know how many times I read online people that sometimes share my complaints, have totally different complaints that I don't share, but then sometimes I also see this other category of complaints where it's people who are saying, Oh yeah, it's crap. And then you read their comment a little bit further. I didn't even try the show because I didn't want to pay for Paramount plus or CBS all access before it was Paramount Paramount plus. And I'm like, well, then you can't say the show sucked. I can't, I watched it, but if you didn't watch it, then you're just saying you're unwilling to, to pay for it. So nobody has to pay for HBO max to see the show. It's going to be on CW. It's a broadcast uh, network. So as long as somebody's got uh, a cable satellite, some kind of streaming service that includes the CW, they'll be able to see it. I think the CW also uh, puts their shows online either the next day or within the next few days. I was say, the CW uh, has an app and I think it's still free. You don't get it like 
live, but I think you get it a couple of days later. Yeah, and it forces you to watch commercials, but right. if you don't mind do that, you still get it for free. And then I think as soon as a season is done, they immediately put it on Netflix, or at least they were doing that. I don't know if they still have that deal with Netflix. So the, the thing about this Babylon 5 is it will be very accessible. It will not be like those new Star Trek shows where somebody's got to get Paramount+. Plus. Everybody who wants to see Babylon 5 will be able to do it for free, you know, kind of sort of free. Like I said, right. you still got to pay for service, but one way or another, you'll be able to see it. Yep. Nope. That's definitely a, a plus. Yeah. Looking forward to it. I was glad for the news. Um, super excited. I kind of felt bad. We were, um, Todd wanted to get on last night and go ahead and record this episode, but, uh, sadly I had to work and, and couldn't get home in time and some other things but uh, we wanted to set some time aside today just to record this and talk about it and get our opinions out uh, we would definitely encourage you to let us know what you think you can email us at the discerning geeks at gmail.com you can interact with us on twitter at discerning geeks or on our facebook page the discerning geeks portal We'll definitely post some news and, and tweets. As a matter of fact, we may already have on our um, Discerning Geeks Facebook portal, Facebook page. So you can always comment there or interact with us. Um, yeah, feel free to let us know what you would look for in a Babylon 5 podcast as we're finishing kind of our structure and and writing of and setting up what we want to do for that and how we want it to come across but if you have any ideas or suggestions we'd love to hear from you so yeah let todd and i know and with that discerning listeners we encourage you to give all these things a chance right and all of our movies that we watch our tv shows that we watch there are some that some of us don't like or some that we just hate then there's some that we do enjoy, but that's what makes each of us a discerning geek. So continue to watch whatever makes you a discerning geek. And Todd, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for the news. I appreciate you bringing it to everybody's attention and giving us the opportunity to talk about it. Yes, it's good to have good news for a change. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yes, good news. Woohoo! Yay! Um, our entertainment is coming back. It feels like yeah. there was a void there for about a year and a half. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we are, we're getting good news. So I thanks again for getting on with me, Todd, and we'll talk more later. Okay. Thank you for listening. <laughs>